Hey, my name's Ian Begley. You're watching the NBA Exchange with Dexter Henry. What's good, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the NBA Exchange. I am your host, Dexter Henry. Look, I say this all the time. Basketball never stops. So much to get into on the show. COVID is hitting the NBA like crazy. Just before we hopped on here, more COVID cases announced, more players and health and safety protocols. This, as I said the other day, is affecting teams in a major, major way. This cannot be ignored, and it's something that we definitely are going to be talking about. Who knows for the foreseeable future? Who knows if the league will have to stop games, postpone games? That is all unsure. But I'll tell you what, they want these Christmas Day games to go on. That's for sure. They are definitely trying to make sure that this happens. And there's no way. So the league will be increasing testing uh, starting right before Christmas and throughout New Year's Eve. Obviously, with the holidays, more people will be around family. This Omicron variant is spreading rapidly. And so it's very interesting the numbers that are going on and seeing what players are getting the booster and what are not and what extra protocols will be put in place around the NBA. It's not just the NBA. It's other sports leagues as well. But we got a good show today. We're going to be talking to my guy, Brian Fonseca. He, you know, if you watch the A Hard to Tell podcast, which he's my co-host of, you'll know this, this guy, uh, he likes to act like he's not a Heat fan. But we think that he is a Heat fan. It's, just, it's a little inside joke. But he's got a great new show that he's a part of. He's been also doing some really great work. Fantastic work with FanDuel. That has been amazing. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And also an article he wrote about NBA expansion that might be in a place where you did not think it was going to be. So I find all that interesting. But my guy, co-host of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, Brian Fonseca is with me now. Brian, what's up, man? It's like we're doing a Ain't Hard to Tell podcast here. Yes, sir. I'm always happy to be on uh, the NBA exchange. I don't know if this is like my third time or something along those lines, but yeah, I, look, and I got to say this, even though things seem a little bit morbid in New York and, you know, tests are, I mean, tests are hard to get at this point because the lines are very long, but the, the good weather is, uh, you know, it's a positive today. I might, I might go out for a walk. I'm just going to be masked up the entire time. Yeah, it's been nice because it's been like 60 degrees the past two days. And it's funny, this morning I just saw uh, some people, the last couple of mornings, I think I said that in the group chat yesterday, a lot of people lining up for tests. I got tested uh, Monday early in the week, kind of before things really got crazy. Um, but, you know, get your test, wear your mask, get your booster, all that all that stuff is good. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot of stuff today. Uh, first thing we should start off with you is, beside people who don't know, Brian, as I said, is a co-host of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast with yours truly, but he also has a new show where he connected with another friend of ours, and they have a love of the heat uh, that they're, <laughs> they're going to be talking about together, our man Timmy Bain. Uh, tell everybody about your new show, B. What's what's going on with that? It's called The Bahama Rican Boys, and it's on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Now, to explain it a little bit, because it may be uh, sort of hard to understand and I think uh, people, you know, it's going to take some time to grasp, but here's sort of how this came together, right? Timmy's from the Bahamas, is a Miami Heat fan, a big Miami Heat fan, et cetera, et cetera. I, someone who did not grow up a Miami Heat fan, they got Jimmy Butler. I very, I like Bam a lot. 
They just keep getting players I like, get Kyle Lowry, get all these guys. So over the past couple of years, they've become the team that I follow the closest and have enjoyed watching the most. Uh, and I could talk about them pretty much at any point because I watch them so damn often. Now I'm a little bit in that community as well. So we collaborated, uh, came up with the concept or whatever, where we're talking about the heat, but also just general NBA stuff. And then we're also talking a lot about non-sports stuff, culture, as we call it. Uh, we talk a lot about a lot about Narcos Mexico, for example, so different shows, entertainments. And we just actually had this week uh, the first ever Bahama Rican Awards, which included different categories in terms of uh, like that range for a, a whole lot of different things, like the most Miami thing that could have been a New York thing. Spoiler alert, it involved cocaine uh, and things <laughs> like the best best Latino NBA moment and things of that nature. Best Bahama um, Bahamian rather uh, sporting moment of the year and uh you know the fight that i wish that we uh saw which ended up being a nba uh kerfuffle and you know that i'm the nba kerfuffle guy whenever there's a fight I'm well, we, right there you know well we, we, all, we also know you would not have had a show where you were not talking about violence i think we knew that as well <laughs> we definitely knew that as well yeah. yo like we here's the thing like even with FanDuel, you notice that i'm i'm, I'm over there pitching i'm like yo there's this boxing going on uh-huh. this MMA thing going on you know what I'm saying and they I, I give them a lot of props because not everybody's willing to to allow people to tackle those routes so uh I'm happy to be doing that there on top of all the other stuff so yeah <laughs> yeah Brian has been doing that as well you can check out his work with fan duels talking about some stuff uh, around sports betting we'll get into some stuff with the with NBA betting a little bit later um in the show but you said you're not a Heat fan. I don't believe you still, whatever. It's a team you follow closely. <laughs> you, you, you embody the, uh, the hashtag Heat culture. That's what you're about. You're about the hashtag Heat culture. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite Ryan Cortez. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Like, I mean, look, every fan base has their nut jobs. Uh, I will absolutely. say that. I do enjoy the fan base, though, more than I have of some other fan bases that I've interacted with in my past uh, so far. All right, so you're enjoying the, the, the enjoying the Heat fan base. Hopefully, they are enjoying you as well. We will see. We'll see about that if they are enjoying you. But it's hashtag Heat culture. It's Heat season. We're going to talk some Heat basketball here. The Miami Heat. They're off to a 17 and 12 start. B. Do you feel like this is sort of where they should be? There's some other stuff we'll talk about later that has affected the team. But do you feel like this 17 and 12 start that we've seen for the Miami Heat that has them fifth in the Eastern Conference, is this about where you thought they would be at this point of the season? So a couple different things, right? If they were fully healthy, I would say that this is a little bit back. Like you would want them to be instead through the 29 game stretch, you would want them to be like 20 and nine or something along those lines, or at least 19 and 10. But they haven't been fully healthy. A lot of people haven't been fully healthy, but they have missed, you know, Jimmy Butler for a decent portion of the year. And now Bam Adebayo, obviously, with the thumb injury, he's going to be out for several weeks. And I don't know, we may not see him again until like mid-late January or something along those lines. If I'm guessing, I'm not reporting that, but that's a, you know more of an educated guess. And then Tyler Hero missed last game, and they ended up still beating Philadelphia 76ers, who were mostly healthy in Philadelphia, off the backs of these role players. So I think that their 17-12 starts should be encouraging. Something that uh, Greg Sylvander has said of Five Reasons Sports, and I agree with, um, they just need to really tread 500 ball without their guys until their guys get back. Because here's the other thing. Their schedule is very road heavy in the beginning. Like most of their games have been on the road so far this season. 
And they're going to have a lot of home games on the back half of their schedule, particularly February, March, April. And around that time, you would expect them to be healthy. You would expect them to be back, obviously. You would expect, you know, them to have all their guys, you know, knock on wood that nobody else gets hurt, obviously, between now and then. But you expect to have Victor Oladipo potentially by that time. You don't know what's going to happen with the buyout market and trades and things of that nature because when it comes to the buyout market, the Heat are a team that when they're good, they're going to do well and people uh-huh. want to go there, right? So I think that you should be encouraged by the 17 and 12 star. And then one more point I want to make on that front is that generally what we've seen in the last few years, I don't know if this has always been the case. I would have to think about it a little more in a historical context, but a lot of NBA teams seem very bunched up out the gate. And there, there is not maybe but one or two teams that really get off to a great start. And everyone else is kind of there floating around. And then later on, we see a little bit more of a, of a balance in terms of like there being more teams up here and whatever the case may be. And then you have some more 50-win teams. Because right now, there aren't a ton of teams that are on pace to win 50 games. But when you look up at the end of the year, yeah, that's around where you expect the Heat to be. But you really expect them to be more of a dangerous playoff team and stay in that four or five range, uh, maybe two or three. But it it also depends on health and how everything shakes out. Yeah, definitely depends on that and how that all shakes out, especially with COVID uh, going going around the way we're seeing <sighs> yep. that it's affecting the league. Now, Tyler Hero, I want to talk about him. Struggled last year, had a great year his rookie season, played well in the bubble, but we sort of bounced back. How important has he been, especially in some of these games, like you saw the victory the other night against the 76ers, where he stepped up in a way with some other guys out that's actually been impressive? Yeah, he's he was he's been struggling lately, but he's came he came out the gate really strong. In December, he's sort of uh, you know, there's been a little bit more on the turnover side where he's been a little sloppier and things of that nature, but still all in all, like you're looking at his numbers and he's been largely very good this year. Um, you know, and he he he's out at this point now. We're gonna see if he comes back uh, tonight right. at the time we're recording this. But he's somebody who's really, I think, got like a lot of criticism last year. And it was I think it was overdone in a lot of different ways because he came off the hot finals. And then people like uh, our man Gerard, for example, would be like, oh, and they think he's going to be Devin Booker. Ha ha ha. And I don't think that looks so stupid now all of a sudden because he's actually on a very good trajectory to be somebody who's going to be in an all star conversation in a not so distant future. Probably not this year, perhaps. But, uh, you know, we'll see uh, moving forward. And he's somebody who's still primarily coming off the bench. I don't think Devin Booker needs to be the comparison point. I think if you're the Heat, you probably want him to be a little bit more of a Manu Ginobili type. Now, I don't think that he's that kind of a passer necessarily. But I think that in terms of productivity, I think in terms of impact, you want something like that. Because as far as their organization goes, he does fit better coming off the bench than he does as a starter because he comes in. And he could just change the game, you know, if he's on, if his shot is working, if he's able to create, be a three-level score, get to the mid-range area. That's one of my more um, – that's one of my critiques of him is that I wish that he would get, like, deeper inside more mm-hmm. – uh, pause – and actually get to the free-throw line more often because he's a very good free-throw shooter. He doesn't get there very often for his career. He's under three free-throw attempts per game, I'm pretty sure. And he's somebody that I think if he, he can get there. He has the game to do it, get there five, six times a game, perhaps. You know, it doesn't have to be like Jimmy Butler, who has a parade to the free throw line. <laughs> but, you know, Tyler Hero is somebody who, like, if he did that, I think that would add another level. But 
Another thing we have to remember is that he's, I don't know, 21, 22 years old. He's mad right. young. Still a, still. still a young player. Right? Yeah, like, you know, he's playing for um, a, an extension this summer. His contract, you know, he's still under contract for next year. Um, but, like, he can get extended as soon as this summer. And I don't think he should get a max. But I do think he's going to get a healthy extension if he, you know, Keeps up the way he's been playing, but more so returns to where he was uh, in the first month of the season, something closer to that. Because if he does and he keeps coming off the bench and doing so, he's going to run away with six man of the year. Yeah, he's a front runner probably for that right now. Speaking of going back to the way that they were, Duncan Robinson, he's not been uh, the same. He has not shot the ball that well this season. I know his numbers have been ticking upwards a little bit in December with the shooting. Are you concerned about that? Should Heat fans be concerned about Duncan Robinson and the way he shot so poorly? And the Heat need him, right? They need him yeah. to shoot better this season if they're going to try to reach some of the goals that they want to reach. Yeah, and the reason he starts over Tyler Hero is the gravity, right? Like, you still have to account for him even when he's cold because all it takes for a great shooter like that is for one jumper to go in, and then you never know. They could just get hot right away. Um, for me personally, I think you remember this, but when we talked about it, I was not somebody who, like, I understood the extension, obviously, because he's so critical to their team, but I'm not someone who likes to extend and overpay guys who are generally one dimensional. So for me, it's like, you need, and he's done some of this, like driving a little bit more, passing a little bit more, um, you know, trying on defense. So he still kind of fouls a lot at times. Uh, but, like, I think that he's somebody where, like, if he can do certain things in different ways, maybe he could, you know, actually prove to be, you know, a little bit more well-rounded than we've given him credit for. Just for me, I generally, like, the Joe Harris's and him and Bertans over in Washington, like, extending one-dimensional shooters or shooting specialists, like, it's a dangerous game, uh, to kind of quote Stu Gatz there. And he's somebody who got uh, five years and – 80 million, I think Duncan Robinson is on. So, or, or 90 something. I think along it was 90. Lines. I don't believe it was 90 million. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're talking about 18 million a year on average. And yeah, I mean, look, the other sort of elephant in the room, I would be curious to see what Jamal Murphy thinks about this. But, like, I look, I love when guys are able to develop. Um, Jimmy Butler is somebody who's like the ultimate, ultimate outlier because he's somebody who did not even play AAU basketball, played at a Juco then wound up in Marquette, then became a first-round pick, then became most improved player, and now he's somebody who's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. But, like, Duncan Robinson uh, was a Division three player who then became a role player at Michigan, who then the Heat developed into becoming this three-point assassin. And it's like, it was fair to question even at the time, and they weren't going to trade him, obviously, but it was fair to question even at the time, like, all right, how much better is this going to get, right? Like, is this sort of the ceiling? And if that would be the and, and if he's even going to reach that consistently, which he's not this year, so I would like to see, you know, sort of a little bit more well-roundedness. But look, at the end of the day, that they need the shots to fall; otherwise, they're going to figure out another creative way to move off that contract. Because even when you think that the contracts are movable in this league, and especially with the Heat, they just figure out a way to do it. So they'll figure out somebody to uh, to take him, but he's got to shoot better. He's definitely got to shoot better as this season goes forward. All right, well, with that, December 15th just passed, uh, started trade season, talked with Gerard Hector about this the other day. He expects it to be active. Our friend Michael Scotto said the same thing for me, Michael Scotto of Hoopsite. He, he expects this to be a very active trade season. Do you think the Heat will be one of those teams that will be getting involved, looking to upgrade the roster in whatever way they can this coming trade season? 
it's going to be tough because when you look at the contracts, this is kind of, well, this is an NBA issue, but it's also kind of an American issue where they're uh, cutting off the middle class and it's kind of like you're poor, you're rich. When you look at NBA contractual books, you see a lot of $30 million guys and you see a lot of $5 million and, and lower guys, $2 million guys. You don't see a ton of guys in that 10 to $15 million range. So it's going to be hard for some deals to come together. I still think that teams are going to figure it out. There's just, you know, the volume of it. I just wonder like how it's going to be and how many three team deals we're going to have to see as a result. As it relates to Miami, there are, there's not a lot of middle class there. You know what I mean? Like, and there's not a lot of like pieces that they can trade at the moment. If they do something prior to the trade deadline, I feel like it's going to be small, but I feel like they're going to do uh, probably some more damage in the buyout market if so. But then there's also like the whole thing looming over this and they have a roster spot open right now and they're not using a hardship exception despite their injuries. And a big part of that, really the leading reason for that is their owner, Mickey Harrison, Carnival uh-huh. Cruise Line man. You know what I mean? He's taking a hit during this pandemic and we're not out of this pandemic. And we've been here for almost two years and he's somebody who is really, I mean, I ain't going to cry over no billionaire money, but he's someone who's obviously going to like part of being a billionaire is being cheap. And he's somebody who's going to sort of figure out a way to navigate this. And, you know, it, it puts the heat in an interesting position because you have like you're in your window is now to really go for it. Right. Jimmy Butler is somebody who like he's going to be missing 15 games a year as all stars seem to nowadays at this point because everybody's banged up. But He's going to be somebody who's missing time every season. And Bam Adebayo is reaching his uh, his sort of peak soon. Um, he's still developing. And Tyler, like you have all these different moving parts, but you have P.J. Tucker on your roster and Markeith Morris and a lot of veterans is the point. So your window is now. And then it's like, are you going to spend the money to do so? So we'll see what happens. I mean, I expect them to do something on the buyout yeah. market. I feel like a move is coming. And I'm sure that they're going to make a move that I – didn't even anticipate like even last year when Myers Leonard, you know, said the thing, they ended up figuring out a way to get Trevor Ariza out of it. So that's true. Like, that is just, true. They just figure out ways to get things done. Where do you think they need to upgrade, Delph? There's one area the Heat need to get better at or position he's upgrade. Where do you think they need to upgrade? Whew, man. See, this is interesting because like I would I, you would say guard if you're just looking at the roster, but now Gabe Vincent has been playing well. Victor Oladipo is going to come back at some point this season. And now I'm looking at it, and it's like with Markeith Morris out, it sort of magnifies, especially especially when they match up against Cleveland and Bam's not there. And that team, god damn, they start Laurie Market and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And the he have Dwayne Dedman and PJ Tucker, and like you just need more size. And I feel like, you know, watching that team, you need like uh, a stretch four who could also rebound or like a stretch five who could also rebound something along those lines. Like they had one in Kelly Olynyk, They had a, a Myers Leonard also, who I think was a lesser version of that. So maybe somebody like that, but probably one who's a little better defensively, which is hard to say and hard to find. But I think that, you know, could you find, you know, somebody who could help out in that regard right now at center, they have Dwayne Dedman. Uh, Casey Akpala is rotating up and playing some center uh-huh. and then, this Omer year seven, who, you know, I was very high on coming out of yes. Georgetown and I was surprised that he went, not surprised that he went undrafted, but I was surprised that he didn't play the league at all last year. He's somebody who the other day he had four assists as a center in 12 minutes, five points, four rebounds, three assists, uh, a five points, four assists, three rebounds. That was his line. 
And I think that he's somebody who could develop into a decent rotational piece. But yeah, I think they need they need some versatility and some size. And um, you know, I think I think Markeith Morris will help whenever he returns because he still hasn't played since the Nikola Jokic hit. But you know, they they probably need somebody like that. I don't uh, know where they find it though. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on that and how active they are this trade season. But I think the big question around the Heat, when you look at the East, the class of the East is supposed to be Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Those are the two teams at the top right now. The Heat, as we said earlier, 17 and 12, they're sitting in fifth place. Are the Heat true contenders to win the East? Could they knock off a team like Brooklyn? We've seen them have Miami's number before last year. We've definitely seen that. Are they true contenders, though, to win the East and return back to the NBA Finals? I think they're contenders. I just, you know, I think there's also tiers of contenders, which is weird. I think Brooklyn's clearly on a tier above them right now. But, like, I think that the Heat should feel like they could beat anybody in a playoff series because they're designed that way. It's just a matter of being healthy, peaking at the right time. And, you know, if they're going to make a move or two, making the correct move or two. But I feel like the formula is there for them. They just have to be able, just like everyone else, to just get by healthy in the season. But, like, whatever your sort of pool of contenders is, if you're if you're not dividing it up into tiers even, if you just have, like, teams that you can legitimately see win the championship. By the way, I think this year is going to be open the way it was last year and perhaps the way it was the year prior, which the Heat did take advantage of. And last year you saw the Bucks and Suns take advantage of it. I think the Heat could be that team again. And I think the Eastern Conference as a result, like, I mean, the Bulls are going through a lot of COVID stuff right now. But they're a team where I don't think they're necessarily contenders, but they're a team that could potentially knock out the Heat, right? In theory, right? Like, there's a lot of sort of moving parts here where, like, I just want to sort of see where we're at two months from now, like, after the trade deadline, and then, you know, be able to be like, all right, now I can really differentiate the two. But I would say, like, yeah, the Heat are absolutely legitimately a team that could compete for a finals this year. I just think that in terms of classic contenders, they're probably a tier below right now where the Nets, where the Warriors, where the Bucks. Uh, are at this point. Uh, and I guess the Suns would probably be in that first tier too. All right. We'll see about that with the Miami Heat. Now, you recently wrote an article uh, for Latino Rebels that I found really interesting about, you know, the expansion uh, to different places and particularly NBA expansion potentially to Mexico. What did you find out about that? And that's interesting because we've seen the NBA and other leagues in this continent, North America, we're talking about. Yes, we've seen expansion in Canada, but never in Mexico. Is the NBA expanding to Mexico, in particular Mexico City? How likely is that? Is that possible? Is the NBA really serious about making a move down there across the border? Yeah, so through my reporting, like, you know, right now there is not a plan to necessarily put an NBA team there, but the toe is in the water. We have Dukes Gaming now, who for the first time ever, the NBA 2K League has a team in Mexico and Dukes Gaming that's going to start play this year. Then you also have in the G League, the Capitanes, uh, which is a team from Mexico City, uh, from the Mexican League that they're just putting in the G League and transferring them, which I think is really dope. Alfonso McKinney was somebody who was playing for the Capitanes down there. They're playing their games in Fort Worth now due to COVID restrictions, but they're going to be playing in Mexico after the season, uh, assuming that, you know, we're in a better place regarding this disease. Alfonso McKinney is somebody who played on that team and now, you know, he signed a 10-day contract with the Chicago Bulls. So people are being looked at. I was actually looking at their roster uh, last night, and I saw that a kid named Justin Reyes was there who's American and Puerto Rican. 
And he played at St. Thomas Aquinas, a Division II school here in New York, and was putting up numbers. And he's somebody who was drafted in the G League a few years ago. Like, you know, they have some guys from Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's legit players down there who were, you know, playing against Raptors 905 and beating other G League teams. And I think that it's great. Like, that's sort of where we're at right now. And I've, I, for me, it was like going in, I've often wondered, and, you know, I'm always thinking about, like, you know, Latinos, like where are we sort of fitting in all this thing and in, in all these things? Because uh, we sort of get left out of a lot of conversations in different ways. Uh, or we have to incorporate and assimilate in some way to be part of those conversations. And the NBA and all these other professional sports leagues, like there's been long relationships with Canada. And I'm like, yo, Mexico's right down there, too. Like, what's the big deal? You know what I mean? Y'all have teams in Texas. Just go a little bit further south. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Mexico's right there. And you've seen like the NFL International Series uh, over the last several years. Now, there wasn't a game in Mexico this year or the year before due to COVID restrictions, but they had games in Mexico City from, I think, 2016 to 2019. And that's something that I think is going to be continued at some point. The NBA has gone to Mexico a bunch of different times, double digit amount of times in their history. The first ever game, regular season NBA game in Mexico uh, was in December of 1997. The piece mm-hmm. that I published was actually published on a 24-year anniversary. I believe that game was between the Houston Rockets with Charles Barkley there and the Dallas Mavericks, um, and that was uh, a regular season game there. And then they've gone to Mexico like several different times since. There's a couple Spurs games. I remember first year I was covering the Nets in 2016. They went down there for down two games. Mexico. Yep, one against that. Oklahoma City, one against Miami. And then with the 2K League, like, you know, Brandon Donahue, who I thought was great, he told me, like, they want to eventually open up a Latin American, like, little division, right? So it wouldn't be just Mexico. It would be different other countries or whatever because they, through their studies, they found that a lot of kids are playing video games out there, especially in Mexico. And in Mexico, a lot of sports video games are being played out there. So they want to come try to find some of these kids and give them an opportunity, boys and girls, to join the league if they're good enough, Right. And I think that that's a great thing, too. Before them, one of the last events I covered before COVID got here and just really, you know, rearranged everything was a 2K League draft. And in the 2K League draft, they introduced the Gen G uh, Tigers, which is a team based in Shanghai. I think now they're like, you know, playing out of uh, Knoxville, but they're a team that's from Shanghai in China. And, you know, they want to expand to Asia and have a Latin American division. And, you know, these are things all further down the line. But it gives you the idea of how these how these things are looking out. And uh, as far as Mexico and the, and the G League goes, like I, there's not an immediate plan right now to like add, you know, a team from Puerto Rico or something like that, which, you know, I did ask about. Of course you did. <laughs> you know, like did. I did ask about. I'm like, yo, can we get can we get a sound one? You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. Can, can we get can a sound can, can we make that happen? Can we make that happen? But, yeah. But there are no immediate plans right now, but I think that this is something that's going to sort of open that up, right? And I think that, um, you know, I, me personally, I like I, 2K, if you're listening, anybody who, who has a connected 2K, like, I want to be able to relocate my team to Mexico or Puerto Rico, not just, you know, certain cities in America and certain cities in Canada. So open up the relocation thing this way when I do expansion in 2K. I can make a team in Mexico City. I can make a team in San Juan and do some of these other things. It's kind of crazy it hasn't happened yet, but it takes conversations like these, reporting like you did, and the fact that they're even using stuff like the 2K League, which is a great way to expand the game internationally, 
right here on this continent, just south of the border. That could happen. We will see if that happens. So, like, good reporting by you there. It's going to be interesting as we try to get more, especially more Latino players and players from Latin America involved in the league. And I think you will see that. We've been finding talent from other parts of the world. Why not Latin America? It's right here, Um, no doubt. All right, before I get you up out of here, uh, you do some work for FanDuel, so you talk a lot about the betting angle of things. So, you know, we always like to look at future bets in the NBA. What's going on? What's some good values? What are some good future bets? People are always looking at things, Brian, you know, with awards, right? Especially this time. We talked about Tyler Hero earlier for sixth man of the year. People might be looking at most improved player, MVP, all that kind of stuff. In terms of future bets, what are you looking at where you see really good value for people that think there's a, an award they should jump on now or a future bet they should look at right now to do? What, what are some things that you're looking at? You know, when you mentioned that too, the first thing I think about is sort of going back to our Heat conversation and not just them in particular, but there are a bunch of teams in sort of that maybe four to six range or, you know, in that middle of the road range in the NBA that I feel like they're a move away or good health away or a run away from really getting into that upper echelon of their conference that I think are worth looking at in terms of future bets and winning their conference and potentially winning the title. Right. Huh. Like I think the heat are sort of one of them. I think that, look, if I've, I, I was high on uh, what Luca could do impact wise in Dallas and I, while I'm encouraged by Porzingis and, you know, he's uh, also obviously, you know, dealt with and is going to deal with injury stuff. I like what they've been able to figure out there. I feel like if Dallas made one right move, maybe they're a team that we could be talking about like, huh, because the Western Conference, neither conference really has anyone who's unbeatable and that really strikes fear of me if I'm a quote unquote fringe contender. If I'm Dallas, I feel like I'm right there. I just need, you know, a good run, like a good couple weeks, go eight and two. And then we look at where we're at and it's like, oh, snap, we all of a sudden are right, you know, above this team and right with this team, et cetera, et cetera. And for, and then there are other teams like the Clippers who, if Kawhi comes back, who knows that could be the deciding factor for them, right? If they're healthy by that time, Denver, I just wrote something that's going to go on basketballnews.com about Will Barton and whether or not they should trade him. And I don't think they should. I really, really like Will Barton, but like they they could do some things or they could make a move and it's like if Jamal Murray and or Michael Porter Jr. come back could they get on a late run like so I'm looking at some of those middle of the road teams who could sort uh-huh. of or like a run away from establishing themselves as a contender and I would look at them for uh, some of these bets because you're going to find them at like plus 1500 and plus 2000 and things of that nature so that's that's what I would look at specifically yeah. on FanDuel by the way. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there you go. That nice plug for FanDuel where you can get some of the better odds uh, out there for sure. So that's something to look at. Yeah, look at those middle-of-the-road teams. And you're right, Brian. That's why trade season is going to be so interesting to see if a team makes a move. And as you said, the right move, that's, mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. You want to make the right move that fits into the team's chemistry. And can that catapult you up the standings? That is Brian Fonseca. You can catch his work. He just also mentioned another place. If you couldn't keep up with what he was doing, basketballnews.com. Catch him there. You catch him with me every week. Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. We have our last episode of 2021 coming up. We are going to be doing part two of our Hip Hop Awards, in which we rank our top 10 albums of the year. Brian can't wait. Look, he's smiling because he can't wait about that. I love ranking shit. I love (laughs) ranking shit. Yes, you do. Yes, Yes, you do. Also, check out his work, the story we talked about with the NBA potentially expanding to Mexico. 
Latino Rebels, Futuro Media. Check them out. Great site for everybody, but also talking about a lot that goes on with Hispanic culture, Latino culture. Please check that out as well. And then we mentioned FanDuel. That's where he'll give you some you know, good betting advice and tell you to bet on the Heat to win every game. You can guarantee <laughs> that he will do that and also be plugged in to a whole bunch of MMA stuff. Yo, Brian, man, thank you for joining me again on the NBA Exchange. Appreciate you, man. Always, always, yep. bro. Yeah, man. We will, we will see you very soon, very soon. That, again, as I said, is Brian Fonseca. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to give you my NBA picks for tonight. See if I'm as good as Brian is picking some of these games. Hopefully, I will be. I think I usually am. We like to try to, you know, help you guys win some money here. We don't want you to be in a bad spot. We'll talk about all that when we come back on the NBA Exchange. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, Join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the PrizePix app today. Some are always looking for more sports content, and among the glut of sports media, some are looking for sports content that dives a bit deeper and doesn't just stick to sports. So check out Backpack Broadcasting's original long-form sports journalism series, Sideline Stories. The award-winning original series takes viewers directly into underrepresented communities within the world of sports. It's a series that goes beyond traditional sports reporting, like box scores and statistics, presenting exclusive stories that you won't find anywhere else. With a diverse group of correspondents, the series provides interviews and interesting stories around the world of sports, because there is so much beyond the game, and so much that occurs off the field or court that impacts each of us and the world we live in. Giving a voice to athletes, coaches, fans, and everyone involved in athletics, Sideline Stories looks to push sports storytelling further than ever before. It's a winner of the 2020 Independent Shorts Awards, and all episodes of Sideline Stories are available for viewing today on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and Facebook page. The Sports Walk is back. Watch Season 4 of Backpack Broadcasting's original, award-winning web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans in these streets. Literally, in these streets. The first three seasons and current season, with new episodes every Monday, are available now on the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy, y'all. Just take the sports walk. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the NBA Exchange. Dexter Henry here with you. Also, thanks again to Brian Fonseca for joining us in the earlier portion of this show. But it is Friday. That means it is NBA Picks time. As usual, on a Friday, got three games for you. Did all right the other night. 
with Gerard. We did pretty good with you guys uh, for these picks. But I got three games. And you know me, always looking for a theme around these picks, these games. And for me, tonight it is for teams that are streaking to continue their streak. Or in one case of a team, they're on a spurt and they're going to try to start a streak. Spurt is, you know, you got two games in a row that you've won. Takes three to be a streak. Two's not a streak. Three is a streak. That's how I like to look at it. So the first team that is on a spurt is playing up in Beantown, and that is the Golden State Warriors. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites versus the Boston Celtics. Celtics coming off a big win uh, the other night at home. They are now, after they return from a one-and-four West Coast trip, the Warriors. We know what all the talk was about them early in the week, right? Steph Curry breaking the record. There was a lot around that. I thought before Steph Curry's game in Madison Square Garden where he broke the record, you know, we saw a game with him in Indiana the night before. It seemed like he was pressing a little bit. I think now that it is over and done. I think Steph Curry, who plays pretty freely, is going to feel even more free. I could see a big game for Steph Curry here. I think the Warriors are looking to get back to streaking. They've won two in a row. That's a spurt. They are trying to make it three in a row against the Boston Celtics. I think they do. And I think you see a big game from Curry. Wouldn't shock me if you see him hit seven, maybe eight threes in this contest, playing loose and free. Boston has had some struggles defensively. They've had some players in and out the lineup just before this game. And I don't know if this line has moved. I've got to check on that just before this game. So Grant Williams was going to be in health and safety protocols along with another player just before the show that we did, not this game. So that may affect the line here. But if you got it in early at minus three and a half, I think this is a good number for you with the Celtics, uh, excuse me, with, against the Celtics by the Warriors. I like the Warriors to win this pretty comfortably. Although, like I said, Boston coming off that encouraging win, I really like them to win uh, pretty comfortably. So, you know, I always look for value here. On BetMGM, Warriors six to 10 point victory gets you plus 360. That's better than what you'll get for them on the money line or just to cover the spread. I think they can do that and win within that range. I think they will win pretty comfortably, although I think Boston will give a good fight at home. But I see the, Celt- the Celtics falling here and the Warriors pulling away late. Give me the Warriors to win between 6 and 10 points on the road, plus 360 at Bet MGM. Take that. Pretty good value there, something I think can absolutely happen. All right. game. Number two, and this is kind of about teams going in different directions. It's the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Portland Trailblazers. And this is basically a pick em, but The Portland Trailblazers favored by a point and a half. I do not like anything I see out of the Blazers right now. My man Gerard Hector is calling them a dumpster fire, and I think that he's right here. Um, I really don't like them at all whatsoever. They are playing... Uh, the Kings, excuse me, not the Trailblazers. Sorry, I had that wrong. They were playing the Kings tonight, and the Grizzlies are actually four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. That was a game that we talked about the other day. I did not remove it from our graphics, but here we go. We got the Grizzlies versus the Kings. Again, Kings in this situation, here's why I like the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have won four in a row. So they've been streaking, and I talked about this the other day when I liked them against the Blazers, which they won that game and they covered. They've played very well without John Morant. But what's been most impressive is how good they've been defensively. And then other young guards stepping up. Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton has been good. I talked about Triple J the other day and how impressive that he has been. Now, on the other hand, the Kings, they've been going through a little bit of rough thing with COVID. Alvin Gentry 
is in COVID protocols. He tested positive for COVID-19, right? They had a nice win the other day over the Wizards, uh, came from behind, won 119 to 105. Harrison Barnes was fantastic with 15 of his 19 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Doug Christie, who was the assistant head coach who stepped in, you know, got the game ball, called it a really big win uh, for the team, loved how they rallied, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot going on. Marvin Bagley, also in COVID protocols. Terrence Davis also entered league's health and safety protocols. And the team couldn't practice yesterday. They shut down practice. They couldn't practice yesterday. Uh, I think that leaves the team a little bit disjointed, to say the least, and concern in players' mind about what's going on. Meanwhile, Memphis has been playing really united, as I mentioned before, without John Morant. They've had some really good wins during their current four-game winning streak. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Sixers uh, at home during that winning streak, and then they handled the Blazers the other night, 113-103, and as we said, the Blazers are a dumpster uh, fire. Now, the line here, four and a half. I can see the Grizzlies winning by five points, guys. I can absolutely see that. But look for see if I can find some extra value on this again. And I did. Grizzlies, like the Warriors, winning by six to ten points, plus 333. I like them to do that. I don't think the Kings play strongly again at home. I see. I think they will put up a fight. They've been inspired under Doug Christie, but I can see the Grizzlies. I like them in that range, six to ten points on the road, plus 333. Bang it. Give me the Grizzlies. I really, if you're going to take the five with the line, we'll try to get some extra value. And that's why I like that six to 10 and where the Grizzlies can win. I like how they've been playing. Uh, DeAnthony Melton talked about the fact they're going to get big number 12 back soon. Morant possibly could return to the Grizzlies next week. I think that's something to definitely keep an eye on. And we'll see if the defensive intensity that we saw with this team will continue. But I like the Grizzlies tonight to win by at least five or more. So why not take that six to 10 plus 333 odds on bet MGM like that there. Now, my last game of the night, the Spurs, they haven't been playing that well. They've lost four out of the last six, although they have won six out of the last 10. The Jazz, they're the hottest team in the league. Eight games in a row, they have won. Their offensive rating has been incredibly impressive during this, during this streak. Offensive rating of 117 points per 100 possessions, okay? They've scored 115.6 points per game. You know who's really been balling during this streak? Donovan Mitchell. He's averaging 29 points, 5.3 assists during this is the season-best winning streak from the Jazz. So I like how they played. The other night, Gerard took them in a blowout. The line here heavily favors them, 11.5 against the Spurs. So this is telling you they think the Spurs could get blown out here you know what jazz at home bringing in the spurs i don't think the spurs have any answer for mitchell defensively i don't think they have any answer for gobert and what he can do in a pick and roll outside the role players of the jazz have been playing extremely well you know what man i see this as a blowout take the jazz to win by 12 or more i see this as a blowout i can see this out very early i can see the starters resting in the fourth quarter and the jazz well in control I like the Jazz here. I think they've been playing some good basketball lately. You know how I feel about them. It all comes down to what they do in the playoffs, but we're betting on what they can do tonight in the regular season. Tonight, I definitely think they can blow out the Spurs. So give me the Jazz home favorites to win. Not great odds, but I think this is a good bet for you to earn a little bit of money, throwing some dollars down on the Jazz. So to go over my picks, I got the Warriors. I'm taking the game prop six to 10 points for them to win by margin of victory 
up in Beantown on the road against the Celtics. Give me the Warriors, 6 to 10 points, getting plus 360 there. I like the Grizzlies to also win by 6 to 10 points. They're getting plus 333 for that game prop on the road in Sacto against the Kings. And then I'll take the Jazz to win covering the spread at minus 11.5. I know that's a big number, but they've been playing well, and I don't think San Antonio has any answer for them. So give me that. Give me those teams to win tonight. That is a lock. Look, you're picking some over-unders. You're looking at some stuff. You saw the promo before. Prize Picks is who we are partnering with. We are offering a great deal. If you sign up with Prize Picks, use the code NBAEX. Prize Picks will match your deposit up to $100 or match at 100% up to $100 for your first deposit with them. So go and check that out. That is a wrap for this week. Unbelievably, next week is Christmas. We are just eight days away from Christmas. We should have a special Christmas Day preview for you. Uh, next Wednesday or Friday, we are deciding what we're going to do exactly with that. It's probably going to be on Wednesday. That will be one of our last shows before the new year. So we have some stuff going on with that. We also should have a rookie report. We haven't done a December rookie report. We'll have that coming up as well on Monday. That should be interesting as well. So we encourage you guys to check that. Again, if you like all the content that you see on Backpack Broadcasting, like this show, like listening to the podcast, please support Backpack Broadcasting. You can support us via the Patreon link. That is in the show notes, or if you're watching, you can see it right here on the screen. And as usual, we always want to thank our patrons for supporting us and allowing us to do what we're able to do and create the great content that we plan to create through the end of 2021 and well into the new year. That is 2022. Once again, thanks to my guest, also co-host on A Heart to Sell podcast, my man, Brian Fonseca. Please check out all his work and you can take him on about how he's a Heat fan. We know that he is for sure. That's a wrap at the end of the week. Keep your eye on everything going on in the NBA, especially how COVID is affecting the league. I'm sure we'll talk so much more about that next week, and there'll be so much to talk about in terms of basketball coming up on the NBA Exchange. Until then, everybody, please stay safe, please stay healthy, and as usual, enjoy the basketball. Peace, y'all.